Greetings, friends. Welcome back very soon, I hope, to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what makes them magic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always immediately uh, and as an extra bonus treat by my friend and double feature co-host, Sam Price. Hey, hey. What up, dude? We're back. Uh, so, we hope you all enjoyed Blood of Heroes. This is a great way to start off a Friday night. Indeed. One of the all-time best and most underappreciated sports movies of all time, I think we decided. I think we did, yes. There's just, you can't have Rutger Hauer and Vincent D'Onofrio on one screen and it not be at least good. Um, <laughs> so, we're going from there to the, the post-apocalyptic sport to the... The ancient, more fantastical realms. The pre-apocalyptic. For, yes, the 13th warrior. Um, based on a Michael Crichton book. I don't remember if it's a book or a short story. It's a book. I remember I actually read it when I was a kid. I told you I had that Michael Crichton phase where I was just right, like reading yeah. things I didn't understand and like. Uh, but I remember <laughs> digging this one. Uh, yeah, so this was a weird he, one. It was like written in journal format, right? It was like a guy traveling with Viking. Well, yeah, because he's traveling and just kind of relaying uh, the events yeah. of the quest. If I, I mean, I read it so long ago. Uh, but yeah, so I was excited for this one. I actually went with my buddies. We went and saw it. Um, I've always liked this movie. Me too. Rewatching it, I'm like, I can see where there are some things that are problematic and why it didn't really catch on. I didn't see any of those things actually when I oh, rewatched. Oh, it's, it's just perfect, it's flawless well, movie, dude. <laughs> dude. I was rewatching it yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah, this is still it's still just as good, and it still looked really good." It I looks guess it, good. It was only ninety nine, um, so it wasn't that long yeah. ago. But this movie is, and apparently this is disputed, but it is rumored to be one of the biggest box office flops of all time. Yeah, for sure. So apparently, estimates say that it could have cost as much as one sixty million to make. Uh, it grossed sixty one, I think, total. It made like seventeen dollars in the United States. Yeah, <laughs> it and made was, a little that more was me and internationally. My dad. Yeah, it was like me, you, and your dad were probably the ones that all saw it. Uh, everyone's uncle who really likes Michael Crichton in the nineties all saw it. Right, but um, yeah, it's it's a troubled fucking movie, right? So apparently, when they first made it, the test screenings were deemed unwatchable. To the point where they went back and they had to do a new ending. There were tons of reshoots. Uh, we were talking about this. Michael Crichton actually took over as director. And he had directed a film before, but was mostly known as a novelist. Yeah, he's not... I didn't ever think of him as a director, really. Yeah, he actually seized control uh, from nuts John McTiernan, right? Who was the mm-hmm. director. Here are the movies John McTiernan has done. Almighty John McTiernan. Yeah, Rollerball, The Thomas Crown Affair, 13th Warrior, Die Hard with the Vengeance, Last Action Hero, The Medicine Man, The Hunt for Red October, Die Hard Predator, Nomads. I mean, that is a stellar fucking list of director credits. The way you said that. be fucking replaced. It sounded like you combined Die Hard Predator together, and I was like, that sounds like a badass movie. <laughs> what you if know? John McClane were just the predator trying to kill everyone in that tower? <laughs> or John McClane versus the predator? Although oh, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of like I don't predator, know if the predator would appreciate his sly witticisms enough. <laughs> uh, he would but, he would get some good one liners from him. That's for sure. That's true. And then the predator's just like rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> the predator's like yippee ki hey. Oh yeah, he's got that weird repeat, <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Yeah, that would be dope. Okay, I'm in. I'll watch either version. Make both and I'll watch them. Yeah. Uh, what else did I read about this troubled production? So John McTiernan got kicked off the movie because it was so bad, which is... Yes, and Michael Crichton took over. Mm-hmm. They needed to add a new ending because originally there was no duel. That last final duel, if you want to call it that, between uh, Bywolf and the the Horn of Power guy. Yeah, how do you say his name, dude? <laughs> By Bywolf. Bywolf. It's like it's a like take a, on Beowulf, right? What is it? It's uh, Bivol. I think is. No. Oh, sorry. Much better. Bi- Bible goes west. <laughs> <laughs> Bible goes west. That's what this movie should have been Bible. called. Bible. Bible goes dude, west. Dude, the way his name is spelled on IMDb, it does not make sense as a word. It's like be- <laughs> belly verve yeah. or something. Those like doors, that. they were always a punk rock culture. They didn't follow the rules and doors. No, this is my favorite thing I read about the troubled production. Omar Sharif, famous actor, right? Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, he was Dr. Zhivago. Ah. He was so depressed after he saw the final product of this movie that he oh retired God. from acting. Was he in this movie? Yes, he's uh he is the counsel to Antonio Vendetta. Oh, yes. He's the one who makes first contact by speaking Greek with uh the blonde. Oh dude. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, FYI, so you know, I will know no character names this entire movie. Yeah, the everyone blonde who, dude. Everyone uh, who listens to this knows I have enough trouble with uh, We, we could just make names. up our own names for him. Yeah, we'll just, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Bob, Bob the Greek. But yeah, so amidst all of this chaos and turmoil and trouble, um, I actually still think this is a pretty serviceable movie. If you it's like, it, it's kind of part historical fiction. It's part – it has a bit of mysticism, right? The way they, they roll out the, the – wool is it the wool dunes? What, is, what do they call the, the bad guys? The Vindals. The Vindals, yes. The the eaters of the dead, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit of mysticism in how that all plays out with their characters, which I think is fun. So it's got a little sword and sorcery almost going. Mm-hmm. I guess way less sorcery. Um, and I well, like Antonio Banderas. It's a, it's a good performance by him, a good, solid performance. Uh, the biggest thing I noticed... The, As the are all of I his had, performances, though. I mean, you that's true. You, you don't think he... Okay. Oh, he's going to say. No, I, I like Antonio. I do yeah, like Yeah, he's him. great. Yeah. Um, the thing I took away is that this movie did not learn the lesson of the posse movie at all, right? Like Which one was the posse movie? Oh, so the Magnificent like the Seven. Seven Samurai, Magnificent Seven, the yeah, Dirty yeah, yeah. Dozen. Anytime you have a group of people and there's a certain number, that means that these people are small in number and important. And exactly. To be a hundred percent honest, I don't know that I could discern maybe more than like three of them in most scenes. There's like the mullet scout guy who hides in trees and senses danger. The coming. archer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is the archer, the His giant character's guy, name is the archer. The hero and the blonde guy. And the musician. There is like a face tattoo guy, kind of, but The it, Irish it, guy. There's the yeah. Irish guy that's there and for so some reason. You don't really feel like you know very many of there's no time when they stop and let us in on the personality of the mm. 13 warriors. They're all kind of and the so, same guy. Cookie yeah. Cutter. I don't, I don't feel bonded to any of these characters, you know, like Lord of the Rings, same thing. I mean, they, theirs are obviously a little more visually different, but you latch on to the differences. Yeah. Yep. And this just feels like 13 giant white guys that all look the same. And so you don't, there's not a lot of charisma going on on this screen, right? Well, like, the, I think the Greek guy and Beowulf are the two that you're supposed to like, latch on to yeah the blondie guy they give him the devil may care swashbuckler yeah. role. he's yep. a little more interesting 
The other thing, too, not only do I not really latch on to the 13, a lot of their deaths are just kind of tossed in, it felt like. Yeah. Like, Face Tattoo Guy is literally like, oh, they're storming our gates. I better climb on this roof and to try put to put out this fire. Job. Yeah. I was and like, what the hell, like man? A random arrow, and that's it. You just had a cool speech, man. Like, yeah. I'm like, that's Face Tattoo Guy that was throwing racist shit to Banderas, right? Like, yeah. they should have had a moment. And he's just kind of like tossed asunder. Um, so I think to me, that's that's the problem I saw with the movie is I think if you're going to make it a movie about 13 heroes going to face this fucking horde of cannibals, I think they needed to find a way to drag the personality out of the 13 more. Yeah. Or make it like six. That's what I, I mean. Why the fuck did we need that's a 13? lot of people? Yeah. Yeah. And lot. they're all kind of filling like two or three roles. Like, why couldn't the. The mullet guy who hides in trees and can track and smell things really well also just be the archer. You know, I, <laughs> like I agree. I thought he combine was the these archer. guys. Combine these fucking giant white guys into even bigger white guys. Just one giant Thanos white guy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then yeah, you have one big white guy with a glove, and every he has to collect six other white guys. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right, but okay. Yeah, no. Um, but that's that's to me. If you take that part out. I think the rest of the movie is a serviceable fantasy adventure to me. Right. Right? So I, I'm with you. I don't know that I'd go as far as to say it's overrated or underrated. That's what you said, right? You think it's one of the more underrated movies. I think it's underrated. But I didn't. I also didn't realize the budget was $160 million. <laughs> I was like, man, this is a really good – like, because there's only one actor in it that, other than the other guy that you were just talking about that anyone knows who they are. Yeah, so but like they, Omar they Sharif at that point in his career is not probably drawing a yeah. huge paycheck. So exactly, you pay Antonio a couple million, and then what did you spend the rest of the millions on, man? Uh, fucking bearskin costumes. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me. I was like, I used to think this. Well, I should have done more a giant research. Viking ship that actually apparently is part of the uh, Norway display in Epcot Center, Disney. You Are you kidding go, me? You can go see the boat from this movie at Epcot Disney. <laughs> oh well, that probably costs 150 million then. That's Jesus it. That's Christ. the other. That's, that's the other 150. Well, because they definitely didn't have a boat when they're on the sea. They had some of the I worst. I remember CGI. they had a dope trailer with Antonio doing the like swimming underwater, and they made it seem like it was like zombies. So I remember that. I think that's I do, another yeah, I thing that, that maybe too, yeah. caught this this movie a little uh, sideways for audiences is they. I thought it was going to be much more fantasy i was yeah. expecting a lot more fantasy from this movie. see i but i i thought when that, i was a kid i thought that too i remember thinking that but then when i saw it i've liked this movie ever since the first time i saw it and i remember yeah. just thinking like i almost kind of have the opposite feeling of you just the way that like each character had different armor each character kind of had a different skill like one of them was obviously the archer i mean the one, kind of the one guy two was the, the scout two of them had skills Right? There was, like, the bloodhound guy who is the scout, and there's the archer. Everyone else's skill was fighting with a sword. Well, yeah, but that's... If you I guess there's the big that's... Mongo guy who, like, knocked out a horse. Well, there was the big guy with the... He had, like, a hammer or a club or some shit, didn't he? And he, like, yeah, cut a horse's head off. Honestly, my I, I'm trying to think, and I just picture a big guy with long hair and beard. I'm like, uh... My, uh, my girlfriend walked out for the last scene of that movie, and she was just like... Why are they killing those horses? Why, why don't they stop killing those horses? That's all she could talk about. I was like, well, Very I don't upset. know. <laughs> um, 
But no, I thought the characters were well done. I get what you're saying, though. Like, they didn't have a lot of lot. I bet the book did a much... Because when I went on yeah. IMDb, each one had a specific name. Like, one of the guys was called the musician. One was the poet. One was the scout. So they probably all had different specific jobs in the book. Yes. Yeah. But that that's what I mean. That's... I, I don't know why I said poet. I don't think any of them were poets. If you're, <laughs> no, he's the poet. Bandera's He's is the, the poet. poet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the funny other thing they do in the movie is... They're constantly like Antonio Banderas was this poet who's out there fucking, you know, spilling silky ass words and bars. Oh, yeah. Gets to he he seduces this rich guy's wife. And so the guy's like, I'm going to send you to wife. this remote post. Right. Because that's the other thing I was going to ask you. Where does this take place? So I think so. Apparently this is... it's between it's like near Russia. No. So, I, dude, I he's it on doesn't his way say, to Russia. It doesn't say Turks. Right. That's no, no. what they were so and in, then he gets sidetracked. Sorry, in the in the um the actual guy. So this is based off of the books of the book of an actual diplomat. It's half based off of Beowulf, half based off of a book of this guy who actually did go north, but with the Volga Vikings or what? The Volgers, yeah. Which yeah. I think were in Germany, actually. I'm not sure though. Well, what's the point of you being a geography nerd if you can't tell me all this? Well, Germany is? wasn't even a country, so I think it was like somewhere I know it was one of those northern countries where everyone is huge and white because it's very cold. Yeah, which it could be it could be pretty much anywhere in Europe, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> giant scandal. What I think, dude. People. What I think, and I haven't found anything on this online. But this was my original thought when I was like thirteen. I was like, oh, they went to North America, and that's a North American Indian tribe that they're fighting. Really? That's what I thought. Because cause remember when they're on the ship and the guy's like, shouldn't we stay close to land? And the guy's like, today is not a day to be close to land. And they're like out in the middle of the ocean. I was like, where are they going? See, I assumed they were going towards Greenland or Iceland, but I guess they would already know the people there, right? They would already have that mapped. This is 922 AD. But when they when they show up, they're already in a, like, I guess you would call it a kingdom or whatever, uh a village. Uh, yeah, like of, a homestead. But people like them. Because they send the little boy emissary who's also like Wolfgang. Wolfgang. And he's like, help <laughs> me. They're taking my brother. Nibble on my sister. Help. <laughs> you know, so they're obviously kinsmen. Well, so they knew each other. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was like. It's probably Iceland or Greenland to me. Like well, they're going from Europe. Probably. They were probably raiding but, to wherever. In my mind, though, they went to to like Canada. Like, the way north of... No way. I I fail to accept the fact that there's ever a time when Canadians weren't very polite. <laughs> no well. Canadians are cannibalizing, except for well, that one remember, guy on the bus. He shows up on the shore, and the old king's like, we had meant to build, we were hoping for farms as far as the eye could see, but we could never get past the shore or whatever. So I'm thinking they went someplace they didn't know. Obviously, right? But I don't think that would be Iceland. <laughs> That doesn't seem right, Iceland. Man, I don't fucking know. What do I look like? The expert Carmen San Diego world lobby? Well, they do say that Vikings came to North America. People do yes. say that. Yes. But that I don't think it matters per se. It could be a fantasy realm for all I know. But yeah. matters I think to me. one of the funny things they do in the movie is that Banderas is a poet who's constantly like they're constantly making fun of him for his effeminate nature. Yeah. He's got eyeliner <laughs> okay. on. Every shot in the movie, yeah, he's got eyeliner, no armor. They call his horse a dog. 
constantly yeah. <laughs> burning him, but all he does is be badass the whole movie. Sort of, yeah. He's like kind of a well, pussy, no, but he's badass. <laughs> he it's makes weird. it to the end. He, at that last fucking scene, he's shredding fools. Oh, dude, by the end, yeah. He's got his he's got his uh, scimitar and his Arabian horse. Yeah, I thought that was fucking funny, though, man. I uh, thought that was awesome, yeah. So, yeah, I like the start of the movie when we first meet the Vikings, where all the Arabs are walking down and they see the ship, because they're about to be descended upon by these bandits, right? Oh, the and all uh, of a sudden the bandits never come over the crest and they're like, What? And they turn and see a Viking ship. And they're like, Let's go quick, it's Northmen. And and he goes, Are they dangerous? And the guy's like, Well, they'll have to decide if they're gonna let us live or not. And I was like, <laughs> Oh shit. Well it's yeah. better than the alternative of the other people that will definitely kill them. Which are the I think they're the Mongols, right? The Tartars. Yes. And then but that was the cool part, because then all of a sudden we go into the tent and it's just this like fucking bro central right they're all drinking and hanging out we find out it's this funeral for a king right yep. and this is where we meet uh Balvolf or whatever his name is he's gonna be the new king Balvolf. and he yeah he looks like uh he just looks the part right he looks mm-hmm. like uh fucking vigo he looks like clay ghostbuster too <laughs> or clay maybe this all takes place in green bay he Angel does look green like bay. the dude from ghostbusters too man yeah, this is really <laughs> yeah. So he just looks the part. But I like how they just casually throw in that some dude at the table is just like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy real quick. And Bywolf is like, tell me a poem. And the guy tries to shank Bywolf and he just fucking slices it. cuts him. his chest wide open. It's crazy. Yeah, just sits back down like it's And then just stares dude. at Antonio in his sexy eyes. Yeah. And Antonio's no, they, like, I will write a poem about you. Full alpha. Full alpha male. <laughs> he is, dude. He is the most impressive Viking dude that's never been in. I don't think he's been in any other movies that I've known. But he looks like fr- that dude could have been Thor. He's not as pretty, but right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe he looks a little older in the movie. Maybe in his younger days he was. He probably was. Yeah, yeah I I liked that part. I liked. Um, I just like the introduction, right? Like, I think the introduction to them is cool. I like the way they're setting up the rituals of the world. So I like that they send the king out with all his riches and shit, burn it on a boat, and then put his daughter on the boat. Yeah. That's super fucked up. Or is that his wife, I think? No, I think they said that was his daughter. His daughter went with him. And they're holding him up, and she's like, oh, I can see my ancestors. It's all Q. (laughs) And it's like... You're about to be burned, lady. Yeah, that's not Q. You should not not do that. But at least they they do throw in the one line where the Greek guy's like... an old tribe like this, because she's like breeding... Like the next group of Vikings. Vikings seem like they would be uh, a dangerous lot that would die young often. So to kill well, like the women of your the women of your society have to be so much more important. Yeah, no, in Viking society, women had just as much right as men. So she chose to be in that boat. They didn't, didn't make it look like it. It looked like a gang of dudes throwing her in that fucking boat while you're on fire. No, she made the choice, dude. And then the guy's like, "This this is the old ways. You will not see this anymore." No, because yeah. Antonio, I I think he was starting to cry like his face he was gonna look like the crow after that he was so sad <laughs> dude he would have been a good crow banderas yeah you don't think so banderas just a little the crow i mean he would have been better than edward furlong or whatever well i never saw that one but yeah Brandon Lee. You, you shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> edward furlong yeah oh god he just comes back he's like i'm sick of living in roseanne's house i died because the connors wait didn't he have was in money. roseanne too Oh no, he wasn't. I'm thinking. Totally You're thinking of the guy from Terminator, right? Yeah, Terminator. Edward. 
Uh, John John Connor. Yeah, was he not in Roseanne two? Did I? I no, know. he wasn't. No. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, so this is where. <laughs> so I liked that bit of world building, and then I liked. I liked. Uh, God, now I can only think of Edward Furlong projects. American History X, Detroit Rock City, <laughs> whatever. I was wrong. I fucked up. <laughs> Anywho, I like that uh, all of their decision-making process is based on an old lady who has a bag of bones. <laughs> Maybe that's the way it should be, dude. It seemed to work out for him. Uh, did it? How well, many for- of them came back? <laughs> Antonio looks better than ever. He's got cool armor, cool sword, cool scar. <laughs> he banged a, a Viking chick. That's that, true. Dude, by the way, she demeaned him the whole movie, and he's still put out. So that's like some reverse. I don't know. It's weird. You think she nagged him into it? She kept saying he was a girl, and then but she was like attracted to him. I'm like, what is this lady's deal? It, that's a bingo, as they say. That's a bingo. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so she lays out it's time to get the 13 warriors together. Oh, right? yeah, the old lady. Back to the point. And the final one needs to be no north man. Mm. Uh, so this is how Antonio just gets conscripted. I was like, yeah, what about they, all his like fucking posse and his other duties? And they didn't ask him either. They just cut to the scene where he's getting ready to get on his horse. I'm like, I well, guess he's no, going. they cut to the scene of all these giant ass bearded white dudes just staring at him. And he's like, no, yeah, that's cool. That's I guess cool. Like, <laughs> I'm not about to get fucking slaughtered by these guys for saying no, no, you know, the old witch lady needs some more bones for her bag. If he says no, dude, uh, yeah, and then they, they embark on their journey. One of the funniest scenes in the movie to me that had me dying laughing is the the montage of uh, campfire speeches. Oh, yeah. Where he they keep cutting in close on his eyes as he, like, squints his eyes. And then as the scene goes on, the words start turning into English. Right. And that's how Antonio learns to understand them, right? Someone's making fun of him, and he's like, yeah. at least I know my dad, you son of a whore. Oh yeah, and they're like, "Oh, how do you speak our tongue?" And he goes, "I listen." And the camera, like, I love it. There's two times in this movie where I love zoom ins because you yeah, you're a big zoom in guy, <laughs> dude. They don't do zoom ins in movies enough, and you it zooms watch in. The new Suspiria, they've got porno zoom ins all over that bitch. It zooms in on Tonio's face, and he's like, "Because I listened," and everyone's because like, "Because I." Listened. Everyone starts laughing, and it's okay. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I was like, "Does that work?" I think that's a masterful way to show it, though. No, Although, I, I think it's a fun way to address, right? Because yeah. Antonio already speaks English, which we just have to assume is his native tongue. It's Arabian, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and then as he learns to understand, that's what I said. I'm like, it's a clever way to address the how are they speaking the same language. At least they address it. Some movies don't the even. The thing that I thought, yeah. though, is I was like, those campfire scenes, that's where we needed to be learning about the group. So it's a cool way to address an issue and show him learning a language and kind of shows his intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. But it also feels like a bit of a stubbing of your toe, right? Because that's when we could have learned who these characters are. That's a good point, yeah. I never actually thought – well, I had never had that problem, that same problem you did. I felt like I knew the – maybe just because I'd seen the movie so many times. (laughs) How many (laughs) times have you seen this movie? I don't know, probably 20 times. Get the fuck. <laughs> okay, so I felt bad this weekend because I rewatched Fear. Oh yeah. I around my and I was like, dude, someday on my deathbed I'm gonna have to explain to myself why I spent four hours of my life watching Sphere. <laughs> Sharon Stone. That's why. That's gonna be you someday, like 
Did I really need to watch Eater of the Dead the, those last 10 Dude, times? Well, I didn't. I was almost not even going to watch this movie before this podcast because I was like, I pretty much know the entire movie. And as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I, I do. I knew like every line. <laughs> Me and my friend used to like quote this in high school to each other, which no one knew what the hell we were talking about. But all of a sudden you were just like swarmed by interested parties. Well, no, we'd be like, like we'd I don't know like, what you're saying, but I like the way you say it. <laughs> Was it a silk swallowed messenger boy, or then, or the one where it's like, how do you hunt a bear? Me and me and my friend Joey would be down the hall, and I'd be like, Joey, is there a cave? <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, yes. Nineties <laughs> nineties high school was lit, kids. Right, That's the lesson to take. I don't even know why I said that. Whatever. Uh, Anyways, see, this is the thing. Now our listeners have more of your backstory than any character in this That's movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what Bay Wolf was screaming down the the high school halls. Oh, dude, these are important decisions. Can um, you imagine Viking High School? Oh, I bet it was awesome. Yeah, everyone's on the football team. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think if you're a Viking, football's a little too pussy for you. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's on the jugging team. Oh, there you go, Bye bringing back. it back. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought the translation scene was actually like a shockingly crafty oh, moment of that was, movie. Yeah, I agree with that. But also, do not watch the translation scene with uh, subtitles because I was trying to be quiet uh, when I was watching this movie, and it just <laughs> says it literally says the entire time he's watching him, no dialogue. No dialogue. No dialogue. And then all of a sudden See? he's speaking English or he's speaking with them. That's I'm like, what the fuck happened? Level directing. <laughs> they don't they want you to be building up as well. If you can already pre-translate, you don't get the revelation moment <laughs> right. with Antonio. Um Yeah, I thought that was cool. What else? We get the this is the Why did you bring a a dog, dog to, to war scene? Yeah. The moments great. of Antonio they do a lot of this stuff where you're like, what the fuck was Antonio doing back in his Arab homeland? Because apparently he's like an expert horse leaper. Well, right? that's the ho- I think he was showcasing that the, Ara- the Arabian racehorse, now that I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2, is probably <laughs> one of the best horses that you can ride. It is already an expert on fucking... <laughs> you're trading in horses They're just, already? Th- well, those horses in particular are like good at Here's jumping. Here's the thing. I couldn't put you on an Arabian racehorse and no. have you fucking jumping over trees. Dude, he you can't... jumped a horse with a Viking on it. Well, yeah. That's not unheard of, dude. How tall do you think that was? Six foot? I feel like foot? Vikings are all at least six foot six. Yeah, but from the torso up, what if they're all legs? All right, so that's like, what, three and a half feet? And then a horse is tall as shit. But this is what I mean. So he's an expert horse riding. Well, how tall can... Awesome sword fighting poet. We should look this up, dude. How far can a horse really jump? You want to see if that's accurate? How high can a horse jump? No, how, yeah, how high? I mean, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Dude, I don't know either. I, I, I kind of want to know that now, though. But this is, no, I'm not even talking about I don't buy the believability of his horse being able to jump. Oh. What I'm saying is, I think it's an unusual build that he's playing this poet character. And the whole movie, everything is about how he's a little sissy. And he says so many times, I'm not a warrior. And it's like, bull fucking shit. This guy is a total badass the whole movie. That is true. He did become a badass really fast, but I, I also... I don't know. What did they call that? Mary Suing? Mary Sue? Yeah. 
Is he a Mary yeah. Sue? Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. Two points. Yeah. Okay. So in 1991, uh, seven <laughs> feet ten inches, dude. In the air? Yeah. That's not as tall as a horse with a Viking on it. And you don't think so? No. Seven feet ten inches. That's almost eight feet. That's almost as tall as your ceiling. I know it's almost eight feet. God damn it! You don't have to break that. Down. It's two inches away from eight feet, dude. And also a distance of twenty-eight feet. All right, horses. Are That's like about Superman. Four point seven to six feet. Right? They already said that his horse is a little dog. So let's put him even at five feet plus three feet. Well, of Viking. hey, to be fair, if you watch that scene closely, he doesn't jump over the Viking's head. He jumps over. The front of the Viking over the horse's head. All right, this is what happened. Let's let's do a replay. I was bringing to you a set of evidence that I think the arc of this movie is flawed. That Antonio Banderas is always a badass, and I was explaining that via he's obviously an awesome horse rider. No, no, no. And, and now the, we're devolving into the physics of horse jumping. Oh, I countered that with he's not that good at horsing. It's just his horse is really good. If That's, I put you on any horse on earth. You cannot make that jump. Yeah, but I'm like three times as big as Antonio. You mean if you put me on a horse that could carry me? <laughs> what are you, you talking? You hear a true story? This is a true story. Okay. We're just totally devolving into horse madness now. <laughs> Horses I are went, so cool. I went okay. on vacation to Hawaii with some family, right? And my mom's obsessed with horses. And I, I've never understood it, but she loves horses, right? They're awesome. We sat to watch horse movies, and she always wanted to live on a ranch with horses, whatever. So we went to Hawaii and we're on this island of Hawaii. And she's like, let's do one of these like guided horse things. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, well, we'll walk by the tree from the Hunger Games. I'm like, what fucking tree? It's There's a, a tree? What? <laughs> yeah, like the, the Hunger Games tree, whatever the fuck it's supposed to be. Oh, my God. And we get there and this little lady looks at me. And in some accent I've still never placed was just like, no, 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 no. Her horse. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? See? And I'm not even as heavy as I am today. And I was like, what the hell? And she classified me as too big to ride the horse. Aww. So I had to stand on a separate platform above everyone else. Oh, my God. All the normals got on their horses. I had to sit and wait like a fucking Quasimodo-like freak sitting in my little bell tower. Dude. Well, they wo- they rolled out the biggest, oldest horse I've ever seen. Oh, my God. And that's the horse that they said was the only one that could carry me. <laughs> And I was like, you guys are acting like I'm some kind of like NFL offensive lineman. And so I had to ride this big, surly, old, grumpy horse that oh, wouldn't man. listen to me to go see the Hunger Games tree. <laughs> That's awesome. So I know for a fact I couldn't make the jump. Yeah, but if you're Antonio, you might be able to. Well, I'm saying this is more evidence that he is more of a warrior than a poet, I think. Yeah, but I mean, what does being a good horse rider have to do with being a warrior? Because uh, riding, the, a lot of the movie takes place fighting on horses, cavalry. He goes out and saves the girl with his horse riding skills. Yeah, but that's not he fighting. That's just barricade. that's picking someone up from the ground. You could fight on a horse if you had those skills. If you could lean over and pick up a girl. Why do they have cavalry in ancient armies? Horses matter. Well, yeah, because you can get around and flank people, man. Oh my god, are we actually doing like horse physics in military? <laughs> Anyways, what, tell me about what you liked about this movie. Well, I like the jumping part, but that's just me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but right. they they do okay, make new him rule. Like, we cannot talk about any more jumps the rest of the movie. I just We're like that, have to do that an horse, agree to disagree. His horse was cool, and I love how in those scenes where they're all like 
you know, going down a path, and he's, like, four feet shorter than them on his little horse. <laughs> and he's got, like, his robes on. They all got fur coats. I'm like, this is this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it would really happen if it really happened like this, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, Anyways, so yeah. now we get to the village, right? Uh-huh. So they this make it to the North village. America. Yes. To the village. Yeah, they make it to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yes. We're ready to fight. The first thing we see is an unfortified village that yeah. needs help. Who would have right? thought? Yep. This so now there's like some political stuff, right? There's some um, there's kind of this subplot with the brother being a political politically devious like worm tongue type, right? Yeah. I feel like this is one of those stories that probably got hit in the re-edit pretty bad because it feels pretty inconsequential by the end of the flick yeah it's very thin and i don't i didn't understand it that much well they they mentioned that he killed his two brothers and you're like well that's big that's got to come back and he wants to weasel his dad's table he says the only thing you've ever done is killed your own brothers or whatever yeah and then there's a duel later that is in this vein which is cool scene we'll get to that yeah um yeah so they can't talk about the evil this and that so we're doing some kind of basic setup, but then there's a really cool scene I like, which is when they all go to bed for night, and they're all sleeping, and Antonio wakes up. He's jarred by the sound of something on the roof, right? Ooh, yes. Something's clicking at the wood, this and that. And he looks around the room without moving too much, and all the other Vikings are awake already. Yep. Because they're already ready, hands on sword, but they all freeze. They're seasoned. This is our, this is our first chance to see the Eaters of the Dead. They fucking bust in. Oh, wait. I skipped something because the first thing we see is the shack, right? Uh, they're in they're in the unprotected village and they see oh, that little naked yes, bloody yes. boy running to them, and they notice they go, that the the guys are watching them as they're doing that. Yes, and they go to find uh, the village where this happened, and it's a cool scene. They walk in and it's just a fucking slaughter. Yeah, there's like a corpse hanging upside down that looks like it was gutted. There's like boxes and tables full of arms and legs. Yep. Um, so what we learn they about don't eat, the They don't eat the dead. dead very well. Right. They, they le- for eating the dead, they leave a lot of the good parts behind. But the one Not thing they I noticed humans, was... I don't know what the good cuts are. The one thing they noticed was there were no heads anywhere. Yes, they always take the head, right? So they're That's like brain eaters more than anything. So what's cool is that they are setting them up as these kind of mystical beasts, right? So then when the assault happens, they're fighting and you know a couple of the guys get destroyed. One of the Vikings gets his head lopped off and taken yep they're fighting 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 they do well enough that the eaters of the dead retreat but all of the dead are gone and all the heads are gone which leads them to think oh they're they creatures. are fucking demons and they right? find and this tracks is a, a line tracks. the movie feels like it's walking back and forth on a lot is how mystical they want us to assume these Waldoon are the vindal vindal uh yeah i think the very first time i saw it well spoiler alert but I thought that they were mystical up till in the point in the movie where they found out they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's the built-in trajectory of the story. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think you have to say spoiler alert when you're telling us exactly what the byline <laughs> is. <laughs> or not the the log line. But um, you missed a you missed yeah, another cool I, line, dude. This is something I wish. Oh, when he goes, the blood looks real enough. Well, yeah, no, before that's that. That's what Bivolf says when he fucking, uh, yeah. he's wiping his sword off after they fucking gut some of the eaters. And they're like, uh, I forget what, what, what they say before that, though. They said, like, they fought like beasts or something like that, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, well, they bled like men, or I don't know. 
Maybe that yeah. would have been a better line. I should have wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna do a remake. <laughs> um, no, the line I was talking no. about was when they're all laying there and Antonio yeah. looks over at the guy and he's like, "I'm not a warrior," and he's like, "Soon you will be." Yeah, very soon you will be, little brother. Yeah, little brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is one of those things. Antonio Banderas feels like the Instagram model of this movie, right? Where he does the like post a pic, like, "Ugh." I just rolled out of bed. I'm so disheveled. Don't judge me. And it's like, we get <laughs> it. You're fucking hotter than everyone. And you prepared this photo and you're, yes, you look good. How many compliments do you, you need? You think he do? was hotter than the Viking That's, guys? Yes. Antonio I, is the hottest person, man or woman in this whole movie. No, dude. Not well, even close. It's not even close. Except for maybe that poison chick. I bet that'd be fucking crazy oh freakiness. <laughs> but if you're going to marry someone, you marry Antonio. <laughs> No, you marry one of those capable Viking guys. No. All right, whatever. To None of those own. guys. None of those guys passed. The I really like the mullet guy. I was like, I could be friends with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I'd take to my hovel at night. He had no. two swords. I like it. What I'm saying, I'm not saying about his looks. Although oh. he obviously is very good looking. His haircut's not a put school. on mascara. Yeah. What I'm saying is Antonio is such a needy little bitch. Yeah. He is constantly <laughs> looking for compliments as he constantly is easily rising to the challenges in front of him. With seemingly no effort. Like, stop the whole, I'm not a warrior. Yeah. I'm not this. How Who can you I kidding? do that? Who you kidding? It's a nonstop running theme throughout the movie. <laughs> and I'm like, he just got assaulted by Eaters of the Dead. Two Vikings died and he lived and at least killed one of them. That You're a warrior. Yeah. I think. They do have this. This comes up with the next scene when they're like, "Oh, we have to build like the spiky barricades everywhere." Yeah, and this is when Antonio runs to the blacksmith to get his sword chopped because when they give him the sword, he's like, "It's too heavy. I can't lift this." And he goes, "Get stronger." Yeah, he's like a very stronger. Viking moment. <laughs> they do yeah, have some so good lines in this movie. He cuts down his little scimitar, and he shows that he's got like. And this is another thing: he slices the thing, but then he does this like fucking awesome swordsmanship yeah dude where'd you learn that man yeah again this is the instagram model oh my god i'm so plump today <laughs> but he's so really practicing really hard. i ate three whole apples in a row oh cheat day cheat. yeah that's antonio in this movie and <laughs> but i love the line too when the guy's like when you die can i give that to my daughter <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're my so little tough daughter. he had they're to clarify so tough. my little yeah. daughter yeah, oh, no. no, this is a toxic masculinity culture for sure. Dude, you do not talk about your feelings in this group. <laughs> but all. then what we learned is Beowulf, though. He's like doing the poetry in the sand, the Allah Oh, Beowulf likes it, yeah. He's smart. He's more than just muscle. He's maybe the one that's most marriable. Well, and also he's king, so he's got that going for him. Yeah, that's true. Antonio's definitely the one you want to bed down with. He's thick. He really fills out a tunic. <laughs> Those big meaty arms, yeah. Dude. No, I, <laughs> I'm trying to – I have to say, so this is the part of the movie where they start to lose me a little bit, right? Okay. After you do the first assault with the Eaters of the Dead, you've shown me the murder shack. Now I need a little more, and I feel like they're kind of spinning their wheels here a bit. We do get the duel with the giant, which is really cool. Yes. So this is where they decide they need to make a political example uh, to the little fucking – betrayer king right or the betrayer prince mm -hmm. and so the little guy's like oh i'll do it my king you shouldn't be in on this he starts talking shit with this giant yeah <laughs> and they decide they'll have a duel right the little greek guy 
Yeah, right? <laughs> He's throwing mud on him and talking shit. And then we go to the duel, right? And he's getting his fucking ass handed to him, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, because the dude's like four feet taller than him. It's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. Like an actual fucking ginger giant. He's huge, yeah. And he's just smashing swords and fucking him up. And it looks like they're kind of honorable, though, because whenever a shield smashes or whatever, it's like, you know, get up, get a new shield. The guy's breathing heavy. It looks like the Greek's in trouble. And when he's out of his last shield, then it's time. Uh, the prince gives the giant ginger, you know, kind of the wink of an eye. Like, it's fine to kill this guy. Yeah, yeah. And as he goes for the fucking death blow, the Greek spins out of the way and lops his head off. This leads to my favorite shot in the movie, which is after he lops the head off, the first thing we see is we don't see the head lop. We see the spin and the sound. They just do blood facial on this really tiny old lady in the front <laughs> oh, row yeah. of the fight. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's the shot. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> like, the blood didn't even... I think it got on the prince, too. And it was so effortless, I, effortlessly. Like, he just spins around, and you just... And then blood yeah. sprays everywhere. Right. But this this is one of those things, right? Like, this feels like a big wasted chunk, because it's cool. It doesn't make any sense, do- though, actually. We're why, doing this why would political he kill that guy? backstory... Right. Well, Be- Beowulf says that where he's like, or Bible, where he's like, yes, it was expensive and foolish, right? Because yeah. we'll miss his sword when they come. But exactly. they had to make an example, right? This is one of those cultures. I. It was a cool scene, but to but me, but see, this what is was where the example that I, was? I it just that they're to, was it just that they were badasses? Sorry to interrupt you. What yes, was the example? That, that? That's what he says too. That's why he took his time and slow rolled the duel, so he oh, doesn't okay. know if. He's just super bad at. They say that he needs to not fully understand, understand right? He'll, okay. he'll be afraid because he doesn't know. Hmm. So it feels like this element of a different movie. Because to me, I guess the best example of one of these like people bearing down on you movies is uh, the Seven Samurai. And once you get in there, and they you bring in these eaters of the dead and this tribe, and they look fucking awesome, right? It's really fucking cool design. I love how they come through the mist with the serpent of fire. Yeah. I was like, yes, fuck yeah, all this is great. The fireworm. But I, I hate the, like, cutting back to the village, right? I feel like every time we go back to the village, we kind of pump the brakes a little. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, to me, it felt a little disjointed in this segment of the movie. Uh, Well, I mean, it gets pretty – it gets into action pretty quickly after that. Well, right after that, not too long after that, we have that – battle scene right this is the big battle mm-hmm. uh where the they, first they battle. come at night yep. yeah so this is when we see the the guy who wears the horns of power yep this is where we see uh, this i mean this is like a legit this is where they find out that they're not guy. monsters they're just men in suits yeah that's a cool scene when antonio shanks that guy and he's like they're men and then he goes men. crazy yeah they're men <laughs> and then yeah mr i'm not a warrior just starts fucking slicing into oh he's got his dagger he's got his little yeah he looks like a little arab legolas in the scene I'm like, dude he does <laughs> he and he never gets slice. mud on himself if you, did you notice that <laughs> his face he's is like, always clean you're to make my mascara's run <laughs> 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 meanwhile the other guys are covered in shit yeah meanwhile we lose like five more vikings uh yep. unceremoniously There's like six by the end of it i think yeah yeah, uh, I, this scene was cool, man. What I liked most about this scene actually was not even the battle. I liked the aftermath shot. I thought that was really fucking cool, man. 
when the fighting's over and they uh he's walking through the village as it's burning and people are kind of arm in arm running away mm-hmm. there is a, that is a fucking beautiful shot of the village it's really cool man it kind of brings home the the stakes of battles back in these days right oh, yeah. Every, and if you yeah. notice in the fight everybody that lived there was fighting the kids the women yeah every no they have like a surreal uh for real civilian army and part of the fight was it didn't even feel like because that's kind of the, one of the other things in the movie is they keep the eaters of the dead keep retreating yeah for no apparent reason but then it kind of adds to their sick deviousness right as characters because they're just like oh we'll just come and burn your fucking houses down we'll get a midnight snack and then dip yeah because that i mean that's kind of the question you're left asking throughout the movie is like why was this village not completely overrun already yeah it yeah there were some contradictions i guess it's like you don't slaughter the milking cow kind of a scenario but in this case your milk is the cow well (laughs) cannibal well, and who knows? Like, it seemed like they were practicing some sort of witchcraft type shit. So maybe yes. their gods were telling them what to do the same way the Norse were. And it's like, none of it really made it. But I mean, that's just me probably yeah, trying I mean, to explain a bad script. I was going to ask you that. Like, the society of the people, right? Because after we had this showdown, all of a sudden, uh, Bivolf's like, well, yeah, we got to go fight them in their home, obviously. With, like, the remaining six guys. Oh, my God, like, yeah. yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. But this leads to the coolest part of the movie. Uh, the assault on the cave is by far the coolest. Well, right? and they also... see the crazy old lady and shit, and she sends him on her way. Yeah, the crazy old lady sends him. That's what I was going to say. But yeah. to me, the, the cave is the movie I wanted, right? That first big battle and the cave, that's the movie I wanted, mm-hmm. right? So these are the scenes to They're me like where Navy I was, like, seals. fully in. Yeah, I like the taking the armor off because they got to go in stealth. Yeah. It's just so extra badass. I wasn't sure exactly what their – can you elaborate? What was the the ideal version of that mission? So the, if you remember, the old lady says, you need to kill the mother. And then right after she says that, though, she says, but also you must kill the king. So I think the ideal mission was – Where's the horns of power? They got the warrior or whatever with the horns of power, their leader. So I think the right. ideal mission was to sneak in there. They would be able to kill the woman pretty easily. And then they'd have to find the king. But then they got the alarm sounded before they could finish the mission. So right. they had to escape, basically. Yeah, and the, this actually, I love the stealth shit. I like the climbing around the waterfall, that. This part was really fun. And then they go in and all these people are like chanting. Mm-hmm. they have that cool scene where they find the giant idol and there's skulls everywhere and Antonio's like I lied these are not men yeah. right and it's like <laughs> it's kind of like bitch you already knew they ate people like you just don't like their taste <laughs> in art like yeah just because they recycle the <laughs> yeah. skulls like what the hell man uh, the titties on this statue are too huge and gross I hate <laughs> where, where I don't even know head? why I made him sound like Borat or whatever that accent was <laughs> I just did but yeah they see the big titty statue and now they're really offended I love the coming up from the water shot. I am a sucker yeah. for any movie where guys are coming out of the water like that, all stealth. I bet you are, dude. And all these dudes are just, <laughs> I see what you did there. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Antonio in this movie. I would watch him crawl out of any lake. I, yeah. There, I admit it. Fine. <laughs> no, but I like the stealth when all the guys are chanting and it's this fucking ritual and it just fucking breaks out into a fight. Yep. And I thought it was really cool because the, the cave looked awesome to me. It's it's a little confusing. I don't know exactly what 
this tribe's like, what does the best day of this tribe look like? Like, what does one of their holidays look like? Just it's eating pretty, brands, dude. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, gloomy-looking existence, right? But then when Bywolf runs in, and he has to fight his way into the room where he finds the the mother, that was fucking awesome. Yeah, that was cool. It's kind of these roots have grown through the room, and they're hanging all the fucking oh, God. Uh, severed heads of their victims everywhere. And you see all the old Vikings that got killed. Such a fucking cool scene, man. I was super into it. And I liked it. You know, the mother's sitting there fighting him with a fucking poison dagger. It's like an eagle claw or something. Yeah, it's the snake she's milking. She's, like, got a snake around her neck that she's, like, apparently milking a big bowl of venom. Oh, God. And, yeah, she fucking scratches his ass. She gets his shoulder. Yeah, and so I thought... I thought this scene was cool. I kind of wanted more in the cave. Like, I would have been fine if the entire rest of the movie took place in the cave. Do you think it would have been as effective had they just fucking done the showdown in the cave instead of coming back out? Uh, I'm a sucker for that final scene, even though it's very short and it seems anticlimactic and it doesn't make a lot of sense. So, yeah, it would probably work better as a movie if, if like, Beowulf was dying and he just decides he's not going to leave the cave, and he just goes on a killing spree or something. Well, I, that was my thought: is that the way I was like, they could have rolled this out. And I know I don't like to like try to rewrite and direct the movie myself, but yeah, it felt like the cave was such a cool atmosphere for the movie. I was like, why not have them all in the fucking uh, big titty statue room doing the prayer? Because the scene I liked at the end, I like seeing Biowulf come out like you know staggered. But he starts the prayer, right? The, mm-hmm. I see my sister. I see my family. You know, the brave will go to Valhalla. And they all start chanting with him. Yeah. That's like, that's just sucker hero stuff that I fucking adore. Yeah, with the slow I was like, motion. What if, he, what if he did that in that room, right? And then at the end, they're like, you know, this is what we must do. Leave and tell the story. I, I don't know if it's less climactic or if even not fighting on the doorstep of where they're trying to save. Right. But I, I, I think personally, cause I was like, holy shit, man, this feels like they killed the, you know, the power of horns dude. Mm-hmm. And they all go back to the cave. And then, you know, a hundred, a couple hundred years later, we're watching the descent happen. <laughs> <laughs> the next time these people see a fucking human lady, it's spelunkers. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I kind of would have liked to see them in the cave more. I wanted to explore more of what that world of the Eaters of the Dead looked like. Yeah. It seemed kind of like two different movies, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. I think this movie had a... They couldn't tell if they kind of wanted to make more of like a horror fantasy or this historical fiction. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of it kind of half does both instead of doing one of them really well. And again, I, I like the movie. To me, the, the cave assault is super fun. The first battle's fun. I like the duel with the giant. Yeah, I like the slaughter shed. So there's enough scenes, and I really like Antonio Banderas in this period. Mm-hmm. So there are enough things that I liked, but it does feel like one of those movies that just kind of got reshot to death. Like even that final duel, that was one of my things I wrote down in my notes. I'm like, what was, the fuck? So That's quick. the final duel? Yeah. Yeah, he like he hits the dude off of a horse in one swing. He gets hit in the back and then just stakes. The guy's wearing the horns of power. He's the leader <laughs> of a horde army of cannibals. Right. And he gets beaten by some guy who's half dead from fucking venom mm-hmm. in two swings. 
I was like, man, that's where I wanted my big fucking show. But apparently they had to go back and reshoot that to add that. So that wasn't that even was supposed not, to happen. Yeah. yeah, the duel was not part of the original ending as they had planned. I wonder how it originally ended. Well, to me, it's like that's the ending you want, right? Is the saying the prayer, all the Vikings are – because I love when Antonio's praying to Allah and he's like, you know, I want to just live these last few minutes well, yeah. right? What I've been doing is not a waste and I, I appreciate this journey and – all this i want to live the next minutes well like he's ready to fucking throw down he's gonna go down with these guys in an honorable death right fighting this evil yep so i love that aspect of all of them just fighting their asses off it felt like it was a little a little short changed in that final showdown because the prayer is awesome yeah the prayer scene is amazing yeah and then you just you want a little more resistance and then they, they play this mystical moment in there, too, which I thought was very strange. I don't know if you noticed. When he kills the, the guy who has the horns of power, he lets out this inhuman scream. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the horns blare as if they could even tell he had just died, and they run away immediately. So it that feels mystical again, right? Right. right. So I think I, w- I think I would have gone a little more with it, man. Just make them a little fucking creepier well, kind of mystical villains. It seems like the witch was right, you know? Just yeah. from the get-go. <laughs> like, her That's exact true. words or what happened. Do you think by the end of the movie they needed the Northman? Or the non-Northman? <laughs> I don't think they needed him from the beginning of the movie, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't they just make it about Vikings? I don't get it. Yeah, it, it is a strange... I mean, I guess Antonio was a big star at that point. Well, that's what you said, dude. I think it's because it was supposed to be two different. In fact, Michael Crichton said it was based off of the journal of Ibn al-Farad or whatever and yeah. and Beowulf. So it's based off of two different stories. Yeah, kind of like very loosely from both. Yeah, exactly. And then it's also from the <laughs> – uh, yeah, because I don't, I don't remember the Beowulf stuff as much from the book, but it was obvious in the book apparently – the movie, very little of the Beowulf comes through to me. But oh, okay. I, I don't know, man. It, it has that awesome last shot of the king like on his throne of blood. That, right, yeah, the shots dies. were really cool. And the one-liners and were really cool. Said, but that's what I it, – it's one of these weird movies where – and we talk about this on this show, right? The film Alchemist. It's this weird kind of magic of what elements you have and what they mix together. There's no obvious formula for how to make a great movie. Right. Right? Like some things just work and some things don't. And this movie has so many good pieces. And I just, I think that this is one of those where the product is a little bit less than the sum of its parts. But a handful of things in this movie are super fucking good to me. Mm hmm. I, I totally And you agree. obviously think it's the, a perfect movie. <laughs> well, I just think it's a really good movie. I wouldn't say it's perfect. And actually, having. Other than the horse physics, that's the only hang up we had. <laughs> Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what is it about this movie? Because you obviously loved it when you were younger, right? And you're yeah. a big D and D guy, and this and that. Exactly. What is it about this movie that still keeps it dear to your heart? Well, I've just always been a big fan of just like that period in history, and then you mix it with the fantasy elements, and then just like the toxic masculinity that I'm really in love with. Of all these. I need to send you that Gillette ad. <laughs> if you want to live in this village, you need that Gillette ad, bro. Um, exactly. 
And yeah, I just really, I just thought that the movie itself was really cool. Even, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why is this Arab guy badass and why is he with them? And how did he learn their language in like a couple of months? But that was a cool scene though. It was, no, it was I, all I really thing, cool. Like the looking. thing I took, cause when I was young, I just liked the sword fighting of it, right? It's right. like, oh, it's sword fighting and it looks awesome. Yeah. The choreography like was this awesome. Time is, I feel like nowadays we get so few movies where we have actual heroic heroes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Bywolf is just a great classic hero. And I think it's kind of cool because it's like you said, watching Thor as Superman from afar through the lens of another guy who wishes he could be that. Who is even better, and, kind of. Yeah, who in a way <laughs> can jump and fucking sword fight and actually saves the girl when they're just going to let her die outside of the fence, apparently. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I think that there's just something to me that will never get old of watching people be truly heroic. Mm-hmm. Like, just the badass few standing against the evils of the many. Right? Like, that's what you said, right? That final prayer, and then we're just going to fucking fight in this mud and fuck this army up. Dude, I'd almost... That stuff never gets old to me. That stuff's always... always That's like Lord of the Rings too. That's like so many That's why you make the movie called the This Number It's the Alamo, basically, but they win. 13 Assassins. You know, the 13th Warrior. Dirty Dozen. Right. Uh, Ocean's Eleven. Whatever it is, right? When you have a group, it's a Rivers small nine. group. The what? Rivers Nine. Oh, Tom <laughs> Downey plug. Tom Downey, what's <laughs> up? Yeah, man. When you do that, when you're setting a group like that, it's because they are special. And that by bonding them together, they make each other even better, right? Yeah. The number becomes a one, and that one does something very heroic, man. And this movie does that. Like, I think that's where I'd agree with you. On the base level, this movie delivers an above-average version of the experience you hope to get when you watch it. Right. Yeah, right? Man. It is badass kind of Viking-era warriors fighting bad guys. Yep. Cool one-liners, right? awesome deaths, badass fighting, cool armor. Yeah. One hot chick. It's, yeah. And that's that's also, I mean, in a way, you actually have to give this movie maybe more credit, right? <laughs> they <laughs> overcame this insane I just, fucking catalog of pre Like, here's something insane that I read. What? Stuart Gordon actually optioned this movie first. Who's that? Stuart Gordon uh, did Reanimator. Oh, okay. So <laughs> there's a version of this movie that could have been done Reanimator style. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made it you more know? horror, probably, yeah. Yeah, so all the heads they chop off, right, are actually, like, flying <laughs> around with fucking bat wings eating the mom's box. I'd be but down for that, dude. I, Hey, man, that's, like, the weird... To me, this movie suffers a little bit from being, like, a very 90s studio flick. Right. Right? And to me, I'm like, yeah, if Stuart Gordon had made it, then you're getting really out in the extremes, and you'd really focus in on kind of the evil creepiness of the eaters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, man, I fucking want that for sure. <laughs> Dude. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I think for all of the problems this thing faced, it's a perfectly fine fucking sword adventure movie. Yeah. I don't know why it cost $160 million, though. Reshoots. All, I mean, the original budget, I think, was 65 to 85 And then all reshoots and marketing. Jesus. Yeah. But any, I mean, hey, I want to thank you because there's no way in hell I ever would have watched this movie again the rest of my life probably. <laughs> so you just Maybe watched it when, it, when it came out way back when? 
That's yeah, right. I think I maybe watched it in college once. Like, uh, there's okay. a chance on my deathbed I'll be like, God, why did you let me watch Sphere twice and fucking 13th the 13th Warrior three times? <laughs> oh, God. There, there are some things I'll be asking myself. Why? Why? Yeah, there's worse things you could be doing. You could but be doing I, I, I got to say, it sounded like, I think it this pod is going to sound more like I disliked it more than I did. I actually quite enjoy this film. Yeah. I like this kind of movie. I like just super badass people being truly heroic, not anti-heroes, just real heroes. Yeah, there's no depth. Uh, you don't need any depth. Yeah, I don't need more than that, man. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just heroes because they're fighting against the They are horse. what they say they are, man. Yeah, man. So that's <laughs> it. That's the end of that's Sam's it. double feature. Blood of Heroes and the 13th Warrior, guys. A little future, a little throwback. I think they all have the blood of heroes, though. Yeah. They were both, both from bloody both and both heroic. Yeah. Lots of blood, lots of heroes. Uh, we did see in Blood of Heroes there's some face eating. In 13th Warrior, there's whole body eating. There's theoretically whole body eating. We never saw there anyone is, actually eating. Yeah, there's an entire movie's worth of fucking awesome one-liners between the two of them. And horse jumping. Horse jump. <laughs> I must have missed that part in Blood of Heroes. Dude, did you notice they had no horses? They had no animals, really, other than dogs, I guess. Nothing survived except for football. That's all I learned. <laughs> football. <laughs> I guess the- yeah, I, I think this is a great way to spend a Friday night, guys. This is a fun uh, ju- hero's journey for your Friday night times two, man. Uh, thank you, Sam, for coming on the show, helping us get some extra content. Always yep. a pleasure. Yep, no problem. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, so now that you have forewarning, it's time for you to accrue uh, Willow and Brotherhood of the Wolf. All right. And be prepared uh, to explain those through the lens of why Christopher Lambert was not cast. I don't, that's going to be hard. No, it's going to be great, dude. <laughs> All right. Mad Mardigan McCloud. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. If you listen to us where you can leave a rating, a review uh on your app or your podcast directory please do guys it helps us out enormously share us on your socials as the kids are saying with your friends man so they can watch and have these fun double features with us uh and as always man just thanks for your time we love talking movies with you uh keep your recommendations coming to us we're gonna add months in every now and again where we just do listener picks like we did in december so keep them coming uh thanks for joining us again sam Right on, man. All right. For the film alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. Uh, We'll be seeing you uh, this month. We're going to continue our love gone awry, love on the rocks theme. Uh, So stay tuned, guys. (laughs) Peace.